DJ and PK, it's time to talk BYU football with Danny Reed, the play-by-play voice of Georgia Southern. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Danny, good morning. Good morning, boys. I appreciate the Tom Petty learning to fly as my intro music. That was well done. <laughs> Jake, Jake is in charge of those things. Yach is, uh, <laughs> is all powerful when it comes to uh, music choices during the course of the show. Unless PK starts singing, but PK's voice is taking a beating this week. So I think, uh, I think he's going to hold off on the singing until next week. I guess the first question for you right out of the gates is uh, the point spread in this is huge. The assumption is BYU is going to win big. Uh, Aside from a slew of fumbles, a slew of turnovers that will change any football game. Aside from that, is there any reason to think that uh, the point spread and the expectations are off base? No, the way that Georgia Southern's played this year, the way that BYU has played lately, it lends it to the fact that even though Georgia Southern has been great at home historically, it just hasn't been a very good Statesboro. And you can kind of look at changing coaches four games into the season to think that, okay, the season's definitely going to go one way instead of the other. But I will applaud what interim head coach Kevin Whitley has done to at least stabilize things and make sure things don't go completely off rails. Getting a win last week against Texas State meant a lot. And even though it was an ugly win, it still was a win. But I do anticipate a factor that Paulson Stadium hasn't had in five years, and it's the fact that it's going to be a sellout crowd. We haven't had more than 20,000 people in the stands since 2016, working to get close to that last year with COVID. But when those guys take the field, whether you're a Cougar or an Eagle on Saturday, and they see that those fans are completely in the stands, I think it's going to add an element that we just haven't seen, and I'm curious to see how both deal with it. So I can look at the stats and and try to figure out what's going on, but why don't you just tell us, what do you think that the team does best offensively? For Georgia Southern, it's typically about the run game. They've been so steep in the option when they brought the program back 40 years ago. And it was Tracy Ham's slant on the option, affectionately called the ham bone, led national championships in 85 and 86. And it it just kept continuing, whether it was Paul Johnson, Mike Seawalk, Jeff Munkin. It's always been about the option. Seven years ago, adapting that to more of a shotgun pistol look, still kept winning. But then after another coaching change, it's just been very inconsistent since outside of a 2018 season when the Eagles won 10 games. This year, they're doing a little bit of everything. They're still running option. It's not nearly as much. They've implemented RPO. They've implemented drop back. They've tried to dip their toe into a lot of different pools. And when you have to start three different quarterbacks the first three weeks of the season, you've got a bunch of guys that are injured in your skill positions. it's, It's tough to say that the Eagles are still a true option team. You might see... 10 to 15 snaps of it all total tomorrow in terms of pitch phase. But run game, it's a lot of inside zone. It's a lot of pulling the backside guard, the old gap scheme. It's just Georgia Southern trying to find what works because when they've gone option, typically that has not given them success this year. So on the defensive side of the ball, uh, how does Georgia Southern stop Tyler Algier, who's over 1,000 yards running, and he's not the only running back who can hurt you, and the quarterback can run, and the quarterback has also had success throwing to tight ends and multiple wide receivers. Which of those options scares Georgia Southern the most? 
Uh, I don't think there's one over the other. I think it's the fact that it's all of them. We meet with our coordinators every Thursday and talking with Scott Sloan. This is an offense that isn't that complicated, but they just do so many things well. Receivers that catch, receivers that challenge, receivers that adjust to the football, a quarterback that can do everything, whether it's run, pass, or just be poised in the pocket. For somebody that doesn't have that 6-6 frame, I've never seen somebody more relaxed in the pocket in all the film that I've watched. And then, oh, by the way, Algier is seventh in the country in rushing. He reminds me a lot of Adrian Peterson, who, of course, played here and won the Peyton Award as the school's all-time leading rusher, D1's all-time leading rusher in the regular season. And I say that for the way that people just seem to bounce off of him whenever he gets any kind of contact. It looks effortless for him. And I know he's only a sophomore, but I anticipate that he's going to be running up and down NFL fields very soon. And I don't know how the game's going to go tomorrow, but it's going to be a pleasure to watch him work however long he's out there. What is uh, Clay Helton doing as far as being active in the program? He's been here for a little more than two weeks. He's been hitting the recruiting trail quite a bit. He's been going to some community events. We actually have a Feed the Borough event tomorrow morning right before kickoff that he's going to be at over at Statesboro High School. He's been trying to shake as many hands as possible, meet as many people as possible, and really for him he's learning on the fly about the culture of Georgia Southern, which is good and bad. But for somebody that's trying to put the program back to where it was not too long ago, the fact that he can learn about so many successes and things that haven't worked, he's getting both ends of the story at the same time. And as he's going to try to eventually get onto the field, build a staff, get his coordinators, figure out who he needs to recruit, that's when rubber will meet road. But right now, it's a lot of goodwill stuff. He will be at the game tomorrow. His wife is actually going to be shooting off the the cannon from the Georgia National Guard that's been – put in our stadium over the last four years so that's going to be a cool thing for them and after he saw a torrential downpour against coastal carolina two weeks ago he's going to see beautiful weather tomorrow in a packed stadium so this is going to put him in a lot better mood i would think yeah <laughs> so we have uh here in utah traditionally kind of things have kind of faced towards california there's a lot of californians here but over time we've gotten accustomed to Texas football TCU was in the same league and we hear about uh, with Utah and BYU for a while and so we hear about and we see how much passion there is how many fans there are how many uh, athletes there are in Texas and so how many college football teams they can support does Georgia have the population base the the passion and the athletes to for Clay Helton to build a really good program in Georgia Southern Oh, for sure. And I know I'm only saying it's 25,000 in the stadium, which was expanded seven years ago, but it is as rabid a fan base as you're going to find. I think it's an SEC environment, just not nearly the size of an LSU at Texas A&M and Alabama, Florida, or things of that nature. The people feel the same way about their football. It's just that the fact that their stadiums are about a quarter of the size. But I think when Coach Helton got on the ground here and he started meeting people and he started truly understanding what things like True Blue and GATA and how Irk Russell just instilled a culture of winning down here and it happened so quickly. That's a lot to live up to. When you look at six national championships over a span of 15 years and 11 conference championships, and this has all been done over four decades. This isn't something that was created back in the early 1900s. It is a very proud, despite it being a relatively brief tradition, they packed so much success 
into a short amount of time. And those are all the things that Coach Helton is getting a chance to learn about. And he's also going to see that the state of Georgia has a lot of talent, both known and unknown. It's not always about four and five stars, which I'm sure he's going to have success be at least being able to talk to. But the thing with the Eagles is they've been able to stake their claims in being just a great program without having to get those kind of players. They get the guys, the, the, the whole runs try harder deal that Eric Russell came up with, the guys that everybody overlooked that simply loved to play the game. They loved him and they loved each other. So I'm wondering if that can be balanced with an increase in recruiting, which I do think is going to happen pretty quickly once Coach gets a chance to get his thing going here within the next couple of weeks. So I'm looking at the stats on ESPN, and Hood looks like he's a good receiver. They list him at tight end, and then I open up the bio, 5'10", 175? Yeah, he's not a tight end. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. That's good news. <laughs> so what the heck? He, well, see, the offense is different because we don't really have tight ends. We have H-backs. They're listed as tight ends. But they play more in that wing position. You'll see multiple guys there, whether it's Bo Johnson, who's tight end size. You'll also see Chase Hancock and then Sean Pelkison will get some looks as well. But for Caleb, he'll play a number of different positions. He'll be involved in pitch phase when the Eagles go option, when he motions around the gun to the pistol. They'll get him in true slot where he'll catch between five and six passes. He'll be involved in the return game. And he's had to be that versatile considering that Georgia Southern's without Wesley Kennedy this year, who didn't return after he opted out towards the end of last year. He had a legal situation. Unfortunately, he had some mental health issues earlier this year. So we're hoping that things definitely improve with him. But it's just another example of how this team just keeps taking punches. They have to keep finding ways to just get 11 on the field. Thankfully, though, with Caleb Hood, his versatility has been something that has been very good to see. Well, we appreciate the time and a little bit of a scouting report on uh, Georgia Southern. Danny, thanks for joining us, and enjoy the game. You got it, guys. Thanks very much. Danny Reed, Georgia Southern play-by-play voice. That's crazy, man. All those Georgia Southern Eagle fans decided this was the game they wanted to go to. (laughs) Danny's going to be in for a shot. It's the first sellout crowd. People are fired up. <laughs> Might be five or 10,000 BYU fans fired up. Just saying. Oh, I would think so, yeah. yeah. I've, I have not covered Georgia Southern, but I've been there when BYU played Georgia Tech. And so I didn't know where Georgia Southern was. It's the so, south part of the state. Thanks, Coach. Uh, three and a half hours from Atlanta. An hour from Savannah. And an hour 45 to Augusta, Georgia, home of the Masters. And I'm sure people drive up from Jacksonville. For BYU fans, you know, if they're not in this part of the country. They'll come from Maine. (laughs) The Bahamas. I was going to say Bermuda. I was going to say Charlotte and Columbia. Come on, pretty mama. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, sing it. Sing it. Johnny's going to fill in and sing. Johnny's going to fill in. They'll come up from Key Largo. Yeah, I would suspect Aruba. We're on the boat right now. Oh, man. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, you got an Ashley Rent Cougar team, and the fact they're over there, I mean, that's as far away probably as they're going to play in uh, who knows how many years. Yeah. uh, As they get into the Big 12 schedule. That's going to cut down on the 
we see the whole country and we reach out to our fan base everywhere games. But, I mean, they only sold that because that's what they had to sell. Right, exactly. And so they don't, they don't really want to sell that, but they sold it because that was something that sounded good. I guess West Virginia will be their game in the Eastern time zone every two years. Yeah, well, then you have to see that probably the, 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 the place where they travel the most, what's the rotation of the playoff bowls. <laughs> you know Good. what I mean? So, yeah. So, I, I don't have that memorized. I will once we get in and they finally get access that they've been denied all these years. Then you'll start every year you'll know Peach Bowl. Yeah, well, what the ro- rotation is. Yeah, right. yeah, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I figure probably by, what, 2040, they'll have more Rose Bowl appearances than the Utes. <laughs> There's no, no slowing down this train, man. I mean, come on. You got God on your side and Kalani, which is kind of the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're pulling out the big guns in this segment. <laughs> Wow, well, we're go. a week away from Thanksgiving. I mean, he's in my heart right now. Okay, then. Kalani is, I'm speaking. Like uh, every other week of the year. So, uh, I, there'll be so many, uh, I don't know what uh, the Eagles' uh, colors are, but there'll be so much blue in that stadium. And it's cool that it's going to be a nice day uh, to be there and to sit outside. What uh, What time does it start? Uh, 2 o'clock here. Yeah, so 2 p.m. Four o'clock there. Yeah, so at least the, the first half of the game will be in the daylight. And then you got to sign up for some something. Yeah, can you help me out? I mean, I pay like, I got two television systems, and I still can't get the freaking game. True story. I've got like yeah. five people wanting to use my login, so good luck getting in line. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if there's a line, you know where I start? I'm at aware. At the front. I'm aware, yeah. but. Yeah. <laughs> Not halfway to Terra Hut. Uh-uh. No. PK gets Terra Hut, right. uh, not Terra Hut. Terra Hut. Yeah, Terra well, Hut. Football, man. I mean, football <laughs> hut, mode. Hut. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, my own. I pay all this money. I'm paying like nine thousand dollars a year for television, and I still can't get this freaking game. That's a true story, isn't it? Great. Yeah. Technology's awesome. I love progress. Yeah, come on. I mean, he's a nationally ranked team, man. They've been nationally That's, ranked for two straight years. Everybody's trying to find a reason to stick those the games Sunday on. Conference. The, <laughs> well, I mean, ESPN could put it on ESPNU. They right, choose not to. Right, exactly. They, they want to see if they can get some more people to sign up for the streaming service. Well, I ain't signed up for no streaming service. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I got two. I got Comcast and, I and, and Direct. I mean, I I'm, I'm paying out through the nose to watch sports for work. Yes, I agree. I know. You're right. I mean, no joke. I must pay 400 bucks a month for all this stuff. And it's work-related, too. You got okay. your red zone, you got your Pac-12 network, but they're just going to keep spreading properties out everywhere. It'll be one more thing you have to pay for. Well, I streaming's won't. not no. going to be cheaper, well, right? Yeah, but once I quit the job, I, ain't I know. Be- <laughs> then you don't have that whole. I have got to see this game, right? Well, when you're retired, you don't have to. You might want to, or you well, like it, to. It, yeah, I'm not. But you're not going to pay four hundred bucks for a want to or like to. You, you're right. paying all that money because you have to, right? Right, and yeah, so I'm not going to do that down the line when I'm going to be on a fixed income, whenever that might be. But uh, it's a good opportunity for folks down there to uh, see them, and they're going to be out there and in just massive numbers as they as they are usually. And the fact that they're flying high, what what's their record now? Eight and two. Yes. Yeah. Well, should go to nine and two. When, yes. Once you go to nine and two, no matter what happens next week, it's just a, a successful season. 
hard for me to look at. Nobody was demanding ten at the start of the year. At nine and three, you're at the top end of all the predictions, or you've yeah. overachieved many of them. Well, I, I mean, I look at it for most programs. If you win nine ball games, that's a pretty good season. And if you win ten, it's a great year. Yeah, yeah, and anything above that is just obviously even more outstanding. DJ and PK, we are broadcasting live. We are at Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. We have got a ton of jazz gear and jazz caps and had a uh, family just stop by a few minutes ago and it looked like Christmas morning over there as everybody was grabbing something. So stop by Murdoch Chevrolet. Woods Cross, we've got jazz t-shirts over there. There's jazz caps over there. You can come on in, help yourself. Johnny Lightfoot. We'll sing and we'll help you shop for gear. So you got that going for you. He'll also make sure you register to win the Utah-Oregon tickets. We'll be giving those away at the end of the show. And somebody is going to get tickets to see the Utes and the Ducks tomorrow night. DJ and PK, we are live at Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. The 2022 Silverado is up to $1,500 off. The 2022 Equinox Blazer Traverse. All 0% financing for 72 months. And it's a season of giving. Murdoch and customers partnering to give back to the communities we all live in and serve. Murdoch partnering with Al Sporting Goods and the Utah Foster Care System. Every new car sold in the month of November, customers get a $100 Al Sporting Goods gift card with a Murdoch VIP discount code, which gives the customer up to 30 to 50% off. A portion of every new car sale will be donated to the Utah Foster Care System. Over the last two years, that has led to over 400 pairs of new snow boots for the kids in the Utah foster care uh, system. Here at Murdoch, they've got over 1,000 quality used vehicles, and they've got dealerships from Logan to Linden covering the Wasatch Front. We are here in Woods Cross. Stop by, say hello, help yourself to some uh, jazz gear, the caps and the hats, and register for those tickets to see Oregon and Utah tomorrow night. We're here till 10 a.m. Joe Ingles is coming up next right here on the Zone Sports Network. The new Zone lineup is here with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local, all day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles coming up momentarily here. We are broadcasting live. Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. Stop by and help yourself to some jazz t-shirts, jazz caps. Think of it as an early Christmas gift. Do a little, do a little Christmas shopping here for us. Uh, oh, yeah. Good, good point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Somebody wants a jazz hat under the tree. Somebody wants a jazz t-shirt under the tree. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, Absolutely. And the price is right. You just stop by and come on down. Say hello. The price is right. Come on down. You're right. Very nice. Well played. <laughs> you don't even have to spin the wheel. Don't worry about the showcase showdown. Just come on down and help yourself. All right. The Jazz get the win over the Raptors. It's on to the Kings. PK, can they grind them out? Can they grind out one after another? That is the question right now because we don't actually think – that we need to worry about who is the better team, but who is the better team on a given night can be a different question. Well, I think they'll grind out plenty of them over the, between now and April. 
Well, we can ask our next guest that very question. Joe Ingles is ready to join us. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz, Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, do you have a birthday party to throw today? Um, I don't know about a birthday party, um, but a birthday, yeah. Jack, Jack uh, our youngest, is one today. Uh, One. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so not necessarily a, a party, and I think the twins were more excited to rip his presents open than he was. But um, yeah, very a very quick year has gone by because feels like I mean, obviously probably not for an A, but it feels like we just had him yesterday. So um, yeah, exciting day. Oh, cool. Yeah, way to go. So, what are they like? Five and one, is that what it is now? Yeah, the twins are five and, and Jack's one, so bit of a gap. So if we want our fourth we'll have to uh, get it out get it done quickly. Yeah, we'll Renee see was later, looking Joe. at me when I Renee was looking at me when I said that. <laughs> four? Why are you stopping at four, man? You're going like at least six, aren't you? <laughs> no. If if we were to have one more it would be one more. But I uh Leave that, that that decision up to the the boss. I just partaking I love the way, what I need to do. I love the way you said "if" with emphasis. I know you were looking at her, trying to get back in her good graces at that point. All right, enough comedy. Let me be very clear. So we'll see. It's harder. It's it's busy enough. Well, more for Renee, obviously, because I'm away for every day of their lives. But um, three is is a handful anyway. So we'll see. You know, Joe, a long time ago, before you were here, I did jazz pre-half and post-game on TV, and I'd always watched a lot of jazz games, but the fact that I had to be in the arena at a... What? That was when the TVs were black and white? TVs black and white. He's making a joke that you're old. That wasn't in HD, I'll give you that. I'm not that old, Joe. It was standard definition, not high definition. And uh, But it really drove home just... It's so many games. And people say they watch every game, but they don't. And they drift away if it's a 20 or 30-point game late. And, and just, yeah. the, just that what a grind it can be. And I'm not running up and down the court. I'm just sitting there. But I did have to be sitting there. And you really yeah. got a sense of the grind of the season. And I see it sometimes in games. I'm, I'm watching the Toronto game. And you got the turnovers in the first half. And you're giving up points on offensive rebounds. And I end up at halftime. It's almost half of Toronto's points. Is, is running off turnovers and, and yeah. getting second-chance points. And clearly at halftime, that was a major point of discussion because both of those things slowed to a trickle, and then you guys just dominate the second half. And, and you, know, you had a couple guys shooting the three real well, obviously. But you win the second half 58-40. So I just wonder how much of it right now is the opponent and how much of it is battling yourself to really stay focused on the details. Because when you do, you're really good. And when you don't, you let teams with 500, even sub-500 records hang around or lead you at halftime. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's it, it's tough, obviously, and uh, the, the other side of it, which I think people forget about more than not, um, is our opponents. Like, obviously, we've got. I wouldn't say we've got a target out there. We're, we're a good team. People know what they're going to get from us um, majority of the nights. But I think a, a lot of regular fans, kind of the, the, the people that don't watch every day or or or, or know enough about the sport even, um, and, and how good this league is. Like, it's not get it. I mean, obviously, you can look at like the Orlando game. It's a young team developing, trying to find themselves a new coach drafted a couple of new players but they're, they're like they're still a good team they're NBA players they've got NBA coaches like they're, they're still a, a really they, they play hard they definitely Orlando obviously we haven't played a, a bunch of these teams yet but but they play the right way um, and if you're not on your game or you, you are having an off night or, or someone's someone's sick or someone's injured or whatever the situation is like these, these teams are, are really good and if we're not, sometimes we can be as focused on every detail we want, and we can do everything perfectly. They still might make a shot, or we still might have a turnover because we're we're trying to play the right way for our team. Um, so I think a part of it, obviously, is, is on us, and we know that we can dictate a lot of things with the way we want to defend, or the way we want to move the ball, or, or whatever the situation is for that game. But let's not get it twisted. Like these, there's 29 other really good teams in this league. Yes, some got, some teams are younger, some teams are, are less experienced. Some guys will be, we'll, we'll face teams that are resting guys or, or with COVID situations or, or whatever's going on. But to to kind of like, I, I think people discredit these teams a lot quicker than what they should. Um, we know as does uh, I think every other team like every night you're getting in you're going into a battle regardless of who's in or out or, or resting or not or whatever or who we've got resting or, or injured or whatever the situation is there's some really really good teams and like you were saying in your uh, question if we if we don't box out or we don't look after the ball like we we can lose to these teams as can anyone else so um, you do have to be focused and there's obviously like you said with, with the long season there's Sometimes someone might just not have it. They they might. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a million things that could be going on. Um, but we still obviously turn up and, and you do your best. And sometimes our best isn't good enough, and and we go away and watch film and and, and try and get better. But it's a, I mean, it's a hell of a league. It's a competitive league. It's a it's a really strong league. Give you a little background in another life. I came up before I was a just the stud radio star. I was a newspaper sports writer. Before you were my assistant radio star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before I blossomed. And my first job was in Casa Grande, Arizona, which is halfway between Phoenix and Tucson. And it made $11,500. So wow. the, reason why I, yeah, the reason why I bring that up is that was basically three years of salary for what you had to pay for pushing a referee. How in the world could you possibly write a check for $30,000? There's no way I could do that. So I actually got, you You, you guys are like this. I got an email the other day from them. Um, so obviously you can appeal it, which everybody does, because why wouldn't you appeal it? Um, just obviously not me getting the fine, but the number of the fine, or, or if you can get some of the money back. And I think it's, 
it's just obviously a rule they've always had. Um, like technical fouls, you can appeal technical fouls and, and all that. So I get an email the other day from the NBA and whatever million people were on the chain, my agent's on it, the Jazz are on it, obviously. Um, and it says, like, it's a little statement from the NBA, like, hey, you've been fined this much money and you need to pay the money by whatever whatever the date was. Um, and I, <laughs> feeling a bit uh, mischievous, I clicked reply all and I actually should look who's on there. I hope like Adam Silver's not on there or anything, but I wrote back and said, um, could you guys just send me your Venmo account and I'll get right to it. And not, not one, not one person replied. So I don't know if they're going to find me again or not, but um, yeah, obviously a bit of a S-H-I-T-T-Y situation. Um, yeah, obviously. And I think, Obviously, why, like, the, all the reports I got back was, like, you're going to get suspended, obviously, because it's a referee and kind of zero tolerance of touching a referee um, in that way, obviously. Um, so I was, like, adamant and sure I was going to get at least a game or two. Um, but obviously having a very good reputation with the referees and they, I think, majority of them like me reasonably and... Um, it's funny, so people that kind of don't know, you, you actually get a call from the NBA and you have to give an interview of like what happened, what you saw. Um, so obviously I gave my piece and they interview Ed Malloy, who was the referee in the, in the, um, in the whatever you call it, situation. Um, so between all the interviews, they come up with a, a fine or a suspension and obviously from what I said and, and I'm assuming from what Ed said, he must have had my back a little bit. Um, I didn't get suspended, which I I think a lot of people were very surprised at. And I, I was too. I thought, I, and I told him and I told the NBA, I actually saw the referee as I was leaving um, the stadium and apologised. And I actually didn't know I'd pushed him until I got back to the locker room and saw it on TV and I was like oh I'm done <laughs> um, <laughs> but I apologised to him and, and he was really good at after the game and then obviously explains it, you, you explain it to the NBA and they come up with their kind of verdict of, of what the, the punishment is so I'll uh, I don't, know, don't know if I'm allowed to buy it a beer but one day when we're both retired <laughs> I'll buy him a beer <laughs> So on the video, that moment, there's a moment where, like, you, you run 70 feet, which, by the way, forget the slow-mo Joe thing. I thought you covered, pretty quick, I right? thought you covered that 70 oh, feet yeah, pretty quick. Forget the boomers. He's going to be in the 100-meter dash <laughs> oh, in the Olympics. You say bolt, move <laughs> over, man. Joe is flying. And then there's a moment you kind of rock. So I thought maybe, look at that look on your face, you realized, oh, boy, I just crossed the line there. But you, you didn't realize on the court? Because when, when right. you spun away, I thought, right now he's considering what he has to uh, – explain to his wife about paying that massive fine no i i like i yeah i promise you i i had literally not I, all i obviously from my point of view of it was saw the altercation or whatever happened and was like in my mind i need to get down there to obviously get rudy away or get um i can't remember who it was now miles turner get miles like just get in between like just get away from it all get them away from it all and um, if I end up getting a technical or whatever, kind of like whatever, um, we need Rudy to play and we need Rudy in the game and we don't need him suspended. And, and that was my my only kind of thought process. So 
I just tried to get down there to to kind of break it up. And obviously, once I went back to the locker room, it was re- replaying on every channel you could think of. Um, and I saw it, obviously what happened, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm screwed. <laughs> um, so the thirty thousand fine is a lot less than what one game or two game suspension would have been. So. Um, obviously very understanding of why the NBA find me. I love the NBA. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised, though, that that type of thing doesn't happen more because you guys are competitive. It's a close environment. You're rubbing up, smacking each other, bumping, boxing yeah. out, all that type of stuff. It's, to me, I thought that, you know, the technicals, the ejection's fine and then give you some fine. I didn't think it was worthy of a suspension myself because I'm surprised that that stuff doesn't happen more often than it does. Yeah, um, I think I said a bit of that in my interview too. It was just like it's a—it's obviously a physical game, um, regardless of being a kind of non-contact or, or whatever um, sport. It's physical. Guys get into it. We're competitive, like you said. It's like the adrenaline of twenty thousand people in there. Depending on like who it is or what the matchup is, like you get into it with guys. Um, I don't think. Anyone in the NBA is ever going to like, I mean, not ever because it's obviously happened before, but very rarely guys are like throwing punches and actually like really fighting, fighting. That's like no one wants to get suspended. No one really wants to get fined. Um, As much as we all get, as much as we all get paid, we still want to keep our money. Um, But I, I, yeah, I mean, the little altercations of technicals and and all that I get for sure. I said to Ed Malloy, actually, I was like, why did you get in the middle of it? Like, you guys, like, <laughs> if there's a fight breaking out, you guys have no chance of stopping it. At least we can, like, pull Rudy back or talk to him while we're doing it. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's competitive. Like, I was kind of saying with the, the first question, it's like, oh, there's a lot of good teams and players, and you, you're battling with these guys, and some guys have more history, whether it be playing each other when they were younger or, or altercations or things that have happened in the past and, and whatever it is. So it's, it's always competitive. And I mean, sometimes the best kind of way to, to, to keep it competitive, but obviously not let it escalate is to like, just kind of give a couple of technicals early or at some point in the game. And I think guys would take a step back because no one obviously wants to get thrown out. So um, it's a, it's a tough job for, for the refs. It's tough for us to, to kind of keep your head at times because it is competitive. We're all trying to win and um, there's obviously never any kind of like um, moments where you're trying to hurt somebody or, or, or trying to do anything like that. But it, it gets competitive and um, that's obviously another, obviously why this league is good because there is so many good players and, and teams. So Rudy Gay, we've all been wondering, he hasn't been available to interview, and he pulled the curtain back a little bit as far as uh, the surgery, the length of duration. He said yeah. that he had to learn to walk again. Um, how much of that were you aware of over the summer and into the fall as you started working out? And, and what kind of has been his, uh, you've kind of had to graph his trend as he's gotten better, when could you really say, see? Because obviously you played against him for years, so you know, hey, Rudy Gay is getting back to being Rudy Gay again. Yeah, um, obviously once we signed him and I got back from the Olympics and um, kind of spoken to him a couple of times, like you obviously know what's going on in majority of things of what's going on in people's lives or, or obviously kind of injury-wise and all that. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, he might be overplaying having to learn to walk again. I'm sure he still knew how to walk. Um, <laughs> figuring <laughs> figuring it out post-surgery is obviously getting his foot back to, oh, like, whatever the actual surgery, I don't know what the, the official name of the surgery was, but making sure, obviously, everything's moving and working and, and obviously, your your feet, ankles are a pretty, pretty big part of, of what we do. Um, but he's worked, I mean, he's worked really hard to get to this point, like, to, to see, knock on wood, but I've I've never really had had any of these major injuries these guys have had, and and the dedication to like the the rehab program and getting in there every day and not getting out of play, not getting out of practice, starting with like spot shooting, starting with like sometimes almost not on court until you to obviously until you reach a certain level, so. Um, he's been committed to it. He's obviously had a bit of a, a plan in place, and he's followed that plan. And um, it was it was fun to have him out there last night. I think, um, I mean, I said it last night too, but to to not forget or discredit what Eric did, Eric Pascal did either. He, he was great for those, um, however many games we we started off the year. He was. For, for him and Hassan, new guys coming in to, to fit in so seemingly seamless and 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 help us win games. Um, it's a tough situation, and then obviously for Eric to kind of just be almost out of the rotation right away. Obviously, with Rudy coming back, he he probably figured he, he his role would be less, but um, he's the same. He's professional. He'll, he'll be ready if we need him, and um, or when we need him, because there, there will obviously definitely be times and. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a tough job, man. It's seventeen of us battling for eight nine guys minutes. Um, everyone wants to be out there as much as possible, but it was yeah, it was fun to have Rudy out there, and I think it obviously showed a a very good uh, first game at home and and what he can do for our team and what he can bring um, on both ends of the floor. He blocked a couple of shots. He obviously made a couple of plays on the rim. He, he shot the ball well. Um, his his ball movement is something that has always been um, in his his game. Obviously, recently with the Spurs too, it makes it an easy transition. So, um, yeah, good to have him back. He's got a terrible oh. nickname though. What is it? Ocho, or whatever they're calling him. Oh, oh, oh the number, the number, the number, the number. Gotcha, terrible. gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know a guy named Michael Cezepil? C z e p i l. Um, not when you say it like that, but maybe if I saw a picture or <laughs> or the name. Is it, he should, coaches it. I know. Well, he coaches at UC Riverside and down there in California, and he was from Melbourne. And half their team is from Australia. So I wondered if you had a connection to those guys. Um, I do know. So the old head coach of UC Riverside was our, or is still our Boomers assistant coach, who's now. He's moved. He's the associate, associate head coach at Oklahoma, um, but he was at Riverside for a couple of years, so he was probably the influence of bringing all those people over. Um, okay. Unless there was someone there before that, but I, I, I would doubt it. Um, so his name, yeah, it's, his name's David Patrick. He's the associate head coach of Oklahoma now, and and one of our Boomers assistants who <laughs> actually. We were in camp in LA and we were doing walkthrough, and he, the coaches were walking through on offense, and the players were on defense. And he 
when I say walk through, like your walking pace, like when you get out of bed, that to take your first wee in the morning, that walk pace. <laughs> Um, and he did his Achilles. He ruptured his Achilles oh, doing that. So, you're kidding. Yeah. yeah. He, oh. it was, I, I can laugh about it now because it's been a long time and he's back walking and he's, he's healthy again. But he, he was literally walking and he was, he was doing it in Air Maxes and, or like some shoe that had that like bubble, kind of like bubble clear yeah. um, bubble thing on the heel of it. And right. we all thought when he started limping that he'd, like busted the the little bubble on his shoe because he kept looking at his shoe and then they we went to the next drill when he kind of walked off and as soon as we saw the physios looking at him he was like yeah he'd done his <laughs> he'd done his wow. so, on a yeah, so he didn't get to come away with us um because of that so i'm gonna we actually go to oklahoma next week um so i'm gonna take my medal with me and and have dinner with him and and obviously oh, cool he was a he, he is a part of our team and, and obviously missed a, uh, a a good experience. So I'll um, I'll take mine and we'll have dinner and have a chat about it and I'll make sure his his, his Achilles is okay. Yeah. I shouldn't laugh, but it was <laughs> he, he would laugh about it now how it happened because it was literally like the slowest walk of like just really like basic going through some offense and defensive stuff and he and he busted his Achilles. Wow. Must have been hanging by a thread, Joe. Yeah. That's what that's what we were saying. It was like if you'd done anything like actually powerful, like jumped or, or whatever he'd done, he would have obviously done it as well. So, um, and he's old, so that doesn't help. Yeah, it's probably in his forties, huh? Yeah, he's really old, like forty-one <laughs> or two or something. <laughs> well, you can ask him about black and white TVs. No, he's he's not in your age bracket yet. You guys are in another life. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, thanks for coming on and making fun of us. We we would miss it if you didn't do it. Of course. I mean, that's what my weekly entertainment is. <laughs> All right. Well, you got a birthday party later today, too. So, uh, yeah, cupcakes for everybody. So, I'll, uh, he's just down for his morning nap. Once he gets up, I'll hang out with him for a bit and then head to the airport. There you go. Sacramento. Got a, got a flight to catch. Thanks, Joe. No. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Joe Ingles joined us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. As always, basketball takes, random hilarious stories. <laughs> Venmo. You got a Venmo. I can send that to you. Can you imagine someone Venmoed you 30 grand? No. I would, <laughs> would like to. Yeah, but you'd immediately think, okay, wait a minute. If I click on this, <laughs> my computer's going to shut down. Yeah, some, some <laughs> something's up. Overseas. This, this can't be true, right? <laughs> something that's all going to mess it all up. Yeah, I know, yeah. sure. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are broadcasting live this morning. We're at the Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. And, uh, hey, it's, it's an early Christmas for all you jazz fans who are nearby and stop by. You want to do a little Christmas shopping, pick up a jazz T-shirt shirt or a jazz cap for uh, someone in your family who'd like maybe for yourself who are we kidding but you know maybe for a Christmas gift for somebody else or a birthday gift we've also got an enter to win contest going in a little more than an hour well about an hour we're going to give away tickets to the Utah Oregon football game so stop by and enter we are at the Woods Cross uh, Murdoch Chevy dealer right off the freeway you can't miss it off the 2600 south exit we're just a uh, about 30 seconds north of that exit DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. 
This week's Raider game against the Bengals is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Question of the day, PK. Is Utah bringing home the South Division Championship on Saturday? I think they are. And the most common answer we have is BYU has that wrapped up. You know, I love humor. Unfortunately, that's not it. <laughs> I don't think your fans are trying to be funny. I think they're just trying to annoy their Ute fan brethren. If they get a laugh along the way, I guess they take it. But I think they're trying to make a point. I, I just can't appreciate in the Thanksgiving season. I, too much acrimony. And if there's one thing I hate, it's acrimony. <laughs> Since when? <clears throat> I like macaroni, but I hate acrimony. Ooh, macaroni. Neil says, doesn't matter. BYU owns the Pac-12 this year. Well, sell high, buy low, I guess, huh? All the more reason for BYU to root for Utah and Utah State. Why don't you guys win your leagues? We beat you both. We will claim the championship of the western half of the United States and then move on to conquer the Big 12. Well, you, you, playing half a season does not dictate a title. We do have people tweeting that back that you've got to, uh, you got to play eight games to be eligible for the Pac-12 title. Right. So you can't do it at 4-0. Assuming 5-0 and coming up, but we'll see how the game goes. But I think the Utes get it done. Even if they lose, I think Oregon State beats the Devils. That is the point right there. There's two chances to claim it Saturday. You got the chance to claim it early Saturday evening if you win and take care of business. But for the team that doesn't, there's still the chance that they'll win their division late at night. The Utah-Oregon thing, I think, could be, could be the, the rematch could be wrapped up at the end of the night based on the outcome of these two games, this one and the ASU-Oregon State game. Right. Because Oregon's, uh, Oregon's got a lot of tiebreakers there in the north, and Oregon State's the only one who's going to get them. Although for the Devils, they should have incentive, regardless of what Utah does. Because then if they win, they still have hope that Colorado would get them the next week. So it shouldn't really matter from the Devil perspective what happens. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're broadcasting live. Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. Stop on by the 2022 Silverados up to $1,500 off. And it's the season of giving Murdoch Auto Team and customers, giving back to the communities we all live and serve in. Murdoch partnering with Al Sporting Goods and the Utah Foster Care System. Every new car sold in the month of November, the customer gets a $100 Al Sporting Goods Sporting Goods gift card with a Murdoch VIP discount code, which gives the customer up to 30 to 50% off. A portion of every new car sale will be donated to the Utah Foster Care System. Over the past two years, more than 400 pairs of new snow boots have been donated to the children in Utah's foster care system. Dealerships from Logan to Linden with over 1,000 quality used vehicles. Stop by the Murdoch dealership near you. We're in Woods Cross. Murdoch Chevrolet. Stop by. You can pick up free jazz t-shirts, free jazz caps, do a little birthday or Christmas shopping for yourself or uh, somebody else, and enter to win Utah, Oregon tickets. We will uh, give those tickets away at the end of the show. Drop your name in the box. It's free. You might get tickets to the big game tomorrow night. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.